If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Today we will stay between 13, verse 13 and 16. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus has finished talking about the Beatitudes, the, the attitudes of every believer uh, that he wants to see uh, have in their uh, kingdom. And so this morning, verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, the city that is set on high on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do the lamp a light a lamp they light a lamp and put it under a basket for but on a lampstand and it, it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. As you know, just to give a little bit of a recap of like what we have seen so far, the Sermon on the Mount was happening in a time when the, the children of Israel were actually flocking into Jerusalem. Once a year, they tend to go towards Jerusalem and they spend the Passover uh, in, in, in Jerusalem because it's like a, a, a pilgrimage. They, they all want to go there. And over the period at this point in time, they've heard about Jesus. They have heard about his radical thought processes. And they want to follow him. And so there were a group of people, when they saw Jesus, they were starting to follow. So Jesus gets up onto an elevated position, and he's talking to the people. First, the disciples were sitting down, and then all these people that want to listen to him, he says, you know, um, these words, the Beatitudes that we have already seen, right? Jesus is making a clear separation between the believers and unbelievers. The Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, was written very much for you and me, like believers, um, where he wants to bring some of the details of like what Jesus is talking about. And these two metaphors are some of the famous metaphors, salt and light. Here, there are two things that I wanted to say. First of all, before even we go into the salt and the light, you know, what Jesus is making very clear is that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are. It's an affirmation. It's a statement. Jesus is not saying you need to become the salt of the earth. You need to act like the light of the world because we are the salt. We are the light. We, because it's not about what I do, but who we are, my core personality. There are certain characteristics that we need to carry as the sons and daughters of God. And God is saying these characteristics that 
I am talking about with the Beatitudes of being poor in spirit, being merciful, being a peacemaker. This is not something that the world is going to appreciate, the world is going to have, but you who has my DNA imprinted in your heart, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These characteristics of salt, if, if we take those out of salt, whatever the salt is doing, if we can take the salt characteristics out, if we take the characteristics of light out, right, and replace it with a different characteristic. So think about it this way. The salt, you know, whatever it is doing, if I just like a take that out, the flavor out, of like a how it is just like a, you know adding to the food and then just like a replace it with the bitterness with with the sweetness it, it doesn't do its job god didn't say you are the metal of this earth you you are the sugar of this earth he's saying you are the salt of this earth there are certain characteristics that god is expecting out of you and me that cannot be replaced by the world these are necessary elements. Week after week, we listen to the Word of God. Week after week, we read the Word of God. Week after week, we read and meditate and pray over the Word of God. But really, what God is talking about is making this Word a lifestyle. We lived, uh, um, we, we, we lived in Canada for three years. Earlier this uh, morning, we were talking about snow and, uh, you know, flooded and so on. And uh, the thing is, the first time when we landed in Canada, uh, the, the, the very first season of snow, we had 50 centimeters of snow. I'm not talking about just like a half an inch or a one inch. Or, it was a 50 centimeter high snow. And when I get out of the house, I have to, you know, clear my pathway to get to my garage, right? So I'm using my shovel. This is my first time I'm using my shovel, right? So I'm pulling the snow, throwing it onto my left side, pulling it, throwing it out. After like a 10, 15 minutes, it's almost like I'm walking out of an igloo, right? So there was this mountain of snow on my left side that it was... Now when I throw, I have to throw it above my shoulder, right? So I'm walking out and going in, and we lived there for three years, right? And that's why I was saying earlier, too, that I want to see snow only in the greeting cards and, and uh, you know, in Northeast so that we don't need to be there. But the thing is this. I don't know about you, but I love food. I love just eating this savory food from India, right? And so the, the thing is, next to the place where we are living, I'm just making that as a relative term, next to, because it's as close as 120 kilometers. It's well over 80 miles, right? There is a town called Toronto. There is a city called Toronto. And in that city... Half of that population is from Sri Lanka, right? And so they bring this Indian food. 
um, from our hometown, like the flavors of Indian food, right? And it will be snowing. The road will be drenched with the snow, snow everywhere. We would have to wait for us. That 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 whole um, uh, lorry, that that truck that comes and clears the snow has to come, right? So it comes and clears the snow, and only then we can go to the grocery store because it's so much snow on the streets, right? But let me tell you something. Every Friday night when we lived there for three years, we would travel this 120 kilometers to go to the city called Toronto so we can have the food, the Indian food, the tasty Indian food that we cannot get out of our minds. We would wait for the Friday for us to go. What am I saying? When we want something in this life, we would do anything possible to get what we want. We would travel. We would dig deeper. We would go after the shower. We will crank up the car even if it snows. We would do all those things so that we can get what we are looking for. God is saying, that's how much you want to look for this characteristic of salt that is already ingrained in you. You are already made up of salt. You are already the light of this world. And that's what we will talk about today. God is talking about how we are in this world. We are no different than the world, but we are different. We are unique. We are desirable because of the saltiness. We are somehow mystically connected with God, just like our first Corinthians says, when his spirit interacts with our spirit, we are mystically connected with God. And that's why we are the salt and the light. So this week I started to do some research on the salt, right? Uh, and the thing is this, uh, you know, um, one of the things that are also very close to my heart is the salt is something that, uh, you know, is a main profession of uh, the town that I knew in India called Chutukuran, right? And the people would live by just like a making just the salt because of their access to the seawater. Sea I'll come to that in a, in a minute. But whenever I researched about the salt, I just thought, you know, you know I'm just like, a, you know, finding myself into only two things that salt brings out the flavor and it preserves food. Okay. Those were the common themes that I just saw first. As I rolled through reams and reams of this, you know, the messages and the content about the salt, they were only talking about, oh, salt brings out flavor. Salt is preservance. That is all true. But did you know that salt, according to the Salt Institute, there are about 14,000 ways to use salt. There are 14,000 uses for salt that's documented. You should research this. There is, I didn't even know there is something called a Salt Institute. 
right? The, the thing is, when you have like a itches, you know, salt is used, you know, to ease the mosquito bites uh, with the salt water. Uh, and when you have like a bee sting, um, you can apply the salt directly to take the sting away from your body. It, it extinguishes the grease um, uh, from the fire uh, on the stove top or in the oven. You can just like apply some salt and just like a wipe uh, and it will take away the grease. I did not realize that salt is also used as a flower refreshener. You can throw some salt uh, into a vase with the, the, the cut flowers. It just keeps the flowers longer. It has been used in tanning. It's been used in dyeing. It's been used in bleaching. It's been used in making pottery. It's been used in making soap. It's been used in making chlorine. This, there's a whole industry that was thriving because of salt. I did not know up until this week that salt makes up 28% of human body weight, right? During the first century, salt was used in exchange for goods like cash. When, when the host invites people for a dinner, and in the dinner table, if you are sitting next to, to the salt seller, the one who sells salt, then the host values you well. And if you're sitting on the other side of the table of the salt seller, you know exactly where you stand with the host. That's how valuable the salt was. It was so valuable that soldiers in the Roman army were sometimes paid with salt instead of money. Their monthly allowance it was called salarium, salarium, which is later was translated into salary because of that root word sal. Salt, again, has this much of use, right? And God is now referring to you and me as the salt of this earth. He's making a clear distinction. That's why he's not calling you as a sugar of this earth. He's not calling you and me as, a, you know, the metal or the gold of this earth. He's calling a very specific attribute because of the usage of salt. The world is corrupted. It is true that this, the, 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 the salt has two additional uses. One of them is to bring out the flavor, and the other one is used as a preservative. The world right now needs nothing but the salt so they can actually cling on to. So this morning, I'm going to talk about like a, the salt a little bit more and how does it apply to me and you this morning. Salt is produced based on chemical reaction that, that when the sun and the seawater connects, you know, it turns into salt. In fact, there is a Roman saying 
that says that when they were thinking about the salt, there is a saying that says the salt is the purest substance, purest of all substance from the sun and the sea. It is made out of just the, 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 the heat that it receives from the sun and just the water that comes out of the sea. And the thing is that if we are deprived of salt today, if you and I were deprived of salt today, then our body will become dehydrated, the blood pressure will drop, and you will go to coma and die. That's what needs to happen into the cities that we are living in when they try to take you and me out of this. That's what exactly will happen to the cities. That's what will exactly will happen to our families. That's what will exactly happen to this nation if they take the salt out of this earth, out of this cities, out of the states, and out of this nation, because this culture does not have what it needs to sustain itself, but you and me. So here are a couple of uh, uses. I'm going to just take like a few of those uses because I don't want to take the whole 14,000 and just like it go one by one. I just like it grouped them and just take like a few uses of those salt and see how it applies to you and me and then how we can transform this into our daily life. One of the things that the FDA approved use of the salt is, is, is a smelling salt. And this is used for reviving a person who has been fainted. And when someone faints, if they have the smelling salt, they can break the salt and the smell of the salt can just like awake a fainted man back into life. Isn't that amazing? I was just like, a, you know, um, so uh, caught up in this uh, uh, smelling salt and I was researching more on how the NFL players and, the, you know, the sports players are taking this, uh, this smelling salt to its extreme. But the, the main core use of the smelling salt is to wake up a fainted man. Wake up and revive someone who has given up on their life. If only that smelling salt is not available and someone is fainted on the ground, there is no way that they can get up without certain of these elements present in their life. This world right now it's just like so lost in, in itself and it's fainted and it's in coma and doesn't have an answer. You and me are needed to revive this place. When we start this new year, everybody talks about revival. There are so many churches that are started talking about revival. And I believe very strongly in my heart that we do need revival in this nation. We do need to revive and that on Friday evening, we talked about the same thing. We need to revive first ourselves. We need to smell the salt ourselves. We need to get ourselves ready for the revival. And that readiness comes when we deny ourselves. When we deny ourselves 
for food, when we deny ourselves for watching certain TV programs, when we deny ourselves from doing certain things, then the smell of the salt that is in us will be so exposed, even a man who's next to us, who's faint, will come back to life. This week, another thing that just like broke my heart, I had, uh, uh, every month we do this uh, uh, thing called a um, podcast, right? We, we sit down and, and talk to people. And uh, uh, last month we had Miss Brenda and Miss Katina were there in the line, and they did an amazing job in this podcast. And yesterday I had a chance to interview someone else. And uh, this man... Uh, he's been, uh, his past life uh, had like a lot of baggage. Right? He's been a cleaner in a gang for over 20 years. And uh, the job of the cleaner in a gang is to, you know, clean up the dead bodies after it's been killed. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's done uh, some more things to the bank robbery and all those things. There's like a whole lot of stuff in his uh, resume. But he, today, he's a changed man. He's given his life to Christ, and he loves the Lord. And as I was asking this one, this was like a tough guy, I have to tell you. This is a tough-looking guy, and an African-American guy that is just like a very, I have seen his toughness right, uh, several times in the past. Uh, inside the facilities. Um, there was one time uh, we were there trying to do a back-to-school event uh, in uh, a Lee Correctional, and he was serving time inside that prison. While we had like a half of the school supplies inside, and uh, my, my wife and daughter were out there trying to get like some more supplies in, between all the supplies come in, there was a riot that just broke out inside the prison and uh, the prison went on a lockdown and uh, all the guys that were supposed to pack the bags were brought into their gymnasium and uh, it was a summer uh, July end of July and uh, that, that riot is still going on the prison went on a lockdown and half of our team is inside the prison and so in the middle of it, I was still inside the prison and the whole thing happened. So uh, they took me into the gym because they were scared that the, that 100 men inside that room were actually part of certain gangs that are actually having a war outside. The bloodshed outside was happening. When I walked into that room around like at 10, 30, 11 in the morning, it was hot. That room was hot because there was no air conditioner in that room and the people that were in that room were belonging to different um, you know affinity groups within the prison but not even one of those guys moved out of their feet and I was pouring my heart before them thinking that you know I was the one who was just like a calming them down no it was Minister Walker 
who was inside that room, he kept all guys calm. He told those guys, if we get into fight here, then our children will not get the supplies. Guys, I know this is hard, but just stay put. There were two guys that kept that room really calm that day. And I want to pull out that out of this man yesterday as I was asking some of these questions. But this macho, strong man, when he was just trying to answer this question right from the get-go, he was crying. I couldn't get through the interview. Halfway through the interview, I had to stop yesterday. And I told my team, that's all right. We'll pass off today. We'll come back and interview next week. Because there was something inside him that just like a bust out. And he was crying the whole time. I do not know what that cry is. But here is what I'm here to tell you. There is a smell that's breaking out of this man that's going to make a faint come back alive. And that breaking of that salt needs to happen in your life and my life. When we break out like that, the purity of our smell will be felt by the people. The sacrifices that you're doing to your sons, the sacrifices that you're doing to your daughters, the sacrifices that you're doing to your marriages, the sacrifices that you're doing to the businesses, the sacrifices that you're doing in the workplace, the sacrifices that you're doing when you don't have enough money to pay the bills, the sacrifices are the salt that's breaking out of you and brings out a smell that will make this world listen to what you are saying. They will come back alive. The nation will be revived. The nation will see the Christ in you when you break out like a smelling salt. Hallelujah. God is looking for that salt. And you are that salt this morning. A second characteristic that I want to go after is this flavor. Because everybody is talking about it. Every preacher that I listen to was talking about it. When cooking food, we throw in some salt. When cooking food, we add salt. Why? Because it brings out the flavor of the other ingredients. It brings out the flavor of the vegetables. It brings out the flavor of the meat that is in there. You and I need to bring out the good flavor in people. Every person has the good flavor and a bad flavor in their life. Good side and the bad side. And, and the thing is, sometimes we only see the bad side because it's exposed to so quickly. But there is a deep inside God has planted goodness in every one of us. And we need to be the one who brings out that good in the people. God says, wait for my turn. Don't be quick. I've always seen people, when I'm trying to tell somebody that this is what my problem is, 
I really don't want them to give me solution. I want them to listen to what I'm saying. Sometimes you're so quick in giving a solution to people, we're not listening to the whole content. Sometimes we become so judgmental listening to somebody. But wait for your turn. God says, I will reveal the goodness in that person that you're talking to. I will bring out what I've already planted. I will pull the best out of this person. Wait for my turn. There is something that is deep inside that only Holy Spirit can reveal. That's what happened when Mary showed up in Elizabeth's house. The child inside her womb was leaping out for joy. We need to bring that kind of a flavor in people. When we see somebody, when someone sees you and me, there should be something inside them that should start to bubble inside and look for you to answer. Look for you for prayers. Look for you to just like a bring out the best in them. Because the world does not have enough of those who can bring out the best in people. They're very quick in bringing the badness of people. There is a very less number of people out there who can bring the goodness in people. I was reading this verse from uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15. It just like, a, you know, ministered to me this week. Earlier in the week when I was reading it, it says, always be prepared. Right? Always be prepared. For what? To give an answer to everyone. Okay? So I will be prepared to answer everyone about what? Who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You need to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us, that is when those are the people that are going to be looking out for you because they are not, you are not looking out for them. They are looking out for you, for the hope that you have. The thing is, when people come and, you know, hang around with you, they don't hang around with people that they don't really like. If someone is constantly complaining or if someone is constantly scolding you, if someone is just like a getting underneath your skin, you don't really want to be around them. Whether it's work, whether it's home. But anyway, we, we don't want to be around that person, but we definitely want to be around certain people because you, you know that they bring out the goodness in you. They bring out because they have certain light in them. And you and I need to be that light and the salt for this earth. I was listening to, um, you know, a, a podcast um, on how to be, a, uh, uh, how to improve your public speaking skills, right? And uh, there were a lot of guys talking about it. And uh, one of the guys said, when someone listens to you, when someone listens to the people on the, on the stage or in the pulpit or, you know, wherever they are listening to podcasts and things like that, 
there are a lot of times what they hear is the person who are talking on the other side is talking about them. Look, I am a PhD in such and such area. I've served in the ministry for X number of years. I've released a book where I have given. So they're always talking about themselves. They're only selling themselves to the people. When you sell yourself to the people, there is a very little impact or influence you can make on the people. Because you are not giving something to them, you're actually selling you to the people. But instead, if you go in with an attitude to share what you know, to give without expecting anything in return, people will listen to you. The salt of this earth, the, the, the flavor that we bring, the salt, if it dominates the food, it, it is no use. But it, when it's put in a right level in the food, it brings out the flavor in people. When you give yourself to somebody who's listening to you, then they're going to expose their goodness to you. You are beat just as they are. You are, you know, the, 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 the same way. You also have your shortfalls and things like that. But you're coming to them saying, in the midst of all this, I'm going to share with you this. Or I'm going to share with you something that, that will just like a turn their heart. And then they will go into the place where they will pull out the goodness. So the second characteristic of salt is to bring out the flavor in people. When someone talks to you and walks away from that conversation, look out and see if they walked away from you better than they came. You and I are the salt which can bring the flavor in people. We need to be the encouragers. We need to be the Barnabases of this world where the people will find us in the midst of all the turmoil and trials and tribulations that they're going through. The third characteristic, this is something that I've heard a lot of people talk about. Salt is a preservative. Hmm. And God calls us preservatives. Really? What's the quality of the preservative? Why is it a preservative? So I wanted to get to a little bit more on this. And then I found out that a preservative is something, a preservative has a quality to stop from unwanted things to grow. You put the salt in a meat, and the reason why the salt was kept longer uh, uh, for a lifetime in, in your, you know, freezer, uh, in those days, uh, you know, when the Bible were written, they didn't have freezers. Salt was the only thing that just preserved it. And the, the reason why the meat lasted longer is because the salt has a capacity to stop a bacteria from growing. You put the salt in a food, it stops it from spoiling. In, in, in water purifier, the, the, the salt is used as a preservative to remove to the, uh, uh, the unwanted dirt. 
in, in, in looking at it, I was thinking, you know, we have lost this kind of effectiveness of being a preservative at this point in time. Church has no answer for some of the problems that we are facing today, for the animosity, for the enmity among the people over a donkey and an elephant? Really? Seriously? We've lost the courage to say the right things. We don't study the word. We don't speak the word from the Lord, but instead out of our emotions. We have to stand on the truth. Even if you and I are the last ones standing on the street, we should be standing on the word of God. You know, I may not have an answer for all the problems that I, I, I run into, but the, you may not have the answer, but the, you and I are called to be preservatives. We cannot let the viruses and the bacteria going all over this nation. Going into the Capitol Hill is absolutely wrong. Vandalizing the, the monuments is absolutely wrong. There's no question about that. This nation has to come back its root, to its roots and not spoil the, 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 the characteristic for what this land is standing for. But the thing is this, I'm not asking you to solve the problem like that. I'm asking you this morning to listen to a friend who shows up tomorrow in your workplace or in the grocery store that shows up and says, you know, I have this man that I'm with that I didn't get married. You should have the courage to tell the person, my Bible says this is wrong. If someone is smoking, we should be able to have a courage to say, this is going to affect your lungs and affect the people around us. The world is is, is, is just like a, you know, not going to say all these things. They want to sell more of drugs. They want to sell more of this uh, media. They want to sell more of their advertisement. They want to sell more of uh, their, um, you know, alcohol. They want to sell more of uh, the pornography. They want to sell more of their, you know, smoking products. You and I should have a courage to tell them, stop. This is affecting your family. This relationship that you're in is not good for your kids. This is not what God called you and me for. There's an interesting stat, and then I will jump into the light. I am so far behind right now with what I have prepared. So if I don't finish it today, that's all right. We'll come back to it. I found another interesting thing um, about the salt. Um, and, and uh, you know, if you walk out today, and I know Miss Katina and, uh, you know, Miss Susan, right now, you may be seeing right outside your house this whole snow, right? And uh, during the snow, we actually throw salt into the snow, right? So when you throw the salt, it melts the ice on the road. So I was trying to find out. How is this possible? So I was researching this a little bit more, and I found out that when you add ice 
the salt first dissolves the film of liquid water that is always present on the surface. Then, by, by removing the film on the top, it just lowers the freezing temperature of the ice and then turns that liquid water and adds the salt more into the liquid water, creating more salty water. And then the ice that gets in contact with this salty water further melts, creating more liquid water, which dissolves more salt, thereby causing more ice to melt, and so on. One thing that makes every man nervous. If you are married, let me tell you, there's one thing that is, you know, very hard or scary sentence for a man who's married is this. If a wife comes and says, we need to talk, we just lose everything. Uh, we lose peace. We lose calmness because we don't want to talk or we are scared of what's going to come after that in that conversation because, you know, we are, you know, very scared when a wife comes and says, we need to talk, right? But the thing is this, unless we open up and talk and remove the firm of this liquid water in the front, the salt will not get back into your marriage. If there is a man that is out there this morning listening to this message, don't, don't just like a push away the communication that you have with your wife and your children. Because the more you talk, I know all situations are not black and white. We are probably having so much of, uh, you know, disagreement, the conversation may not go well with the person that you are trying to have the conversation with. But the, the God of this universe is going to be on your side as you start to throw the salt into that conversation. He will melt the foam on the top of that liquid water, allowing you to mix the goodness in you will get exposed. The smell of your salt will definitely get exposed and that you will be able to get to the bottom of this one. It is an assignment in our life to be the salt. That's why Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. He has called us to be different in the church. He has called us to be different in the businesses. He's called us to be different in the family. He's called us to be different in the workplace. The power of God, the power of his kingdom rests on your shoulders and my shoulders. When we are in a church setting, we tend to be more salty with the people. We, in fact, you know, behave, you know, more holy in, in a Bible study and in, in, a, uh, in a church setting. But what God is looking for is to have the salt among the unsalty people. We must make our lifestyle, you know, built upon 
with this all. There are three things that I talked about. You know, the first one is to break ourselves to show the smell of our salt to the people. And it's not going to come when they start to speak to somebody with the pride. And that's why God says, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed. God has given you and me this uh, characteristics uh, that we need to have. When we carry those characteristics, people will start to smell the salt in you and me. And sometimes when I get on the TV, when I watch some of these uh, programs, these people are getting on, you know, the believers and the Christians and the Jesus. We need to, when we go out and people say certain things about your Christ tomorrow, you should have a courage to tell them, no, you cannot talk about my Savior like that. He is my Lord. He is the one who saved me. He's the one who healed me. He answered my prayer. He forgave my sin. He picked me up when I was down. When you and I have that in ourselves, then 1 Peter 3.15 will come alive because it's going to show up. And that's why we need to be prepared to tell the people the hope that we have in Christ. The purpose of the salt is to be the salt among the unsalty. The world doesn't care today what the church says is because we have lost that saltiness. That's what Jesus is talking about. We've lost the saltiness. We need to gain back the saltiness. Then the world will come and listen. When we stop allowing the bacteria and viruses to grow, when we stop the animosity and we stop the enmity to grow, when we diffuse the anger among the people, the people around us will know who we are. And when they run into a tough situation in their life, they will come looking for the salt because you are the salt of the earth. The Bible says when that saltiness is lost, we are lost and the world will not find us. The thing is this, the next part of it, Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. I want to come back to that topic because there is a plenty of stuff that we need to talk in that area. But here's the thing, right? When you and I become the salt, then we make the Christ that we believe in more valuable to the people around. And we become that. I, I, I was just listening to one of the pastor, Paul Washer, and uh, he said something that was just like a so uh, profound. Um, he was saying like, when he does, he's been preaching for so long, He's been a pastor for so long. And he says, as I'm doing more and more of this, I'm just realizing that I'm not fascinated by the ministries that I'm doing. I'm not fascinated 
by, you know, all the things that I can do for the kingdom. Because when I go look at myself in the mirror, do I see Jesus in me? Do I reflect the characteristics of God in me? A lot of times, I don't. He says, I don't. When you go back tonight and look at the mirror, do you see Christ reflected through you today? He says, any fool can preach. (laughs) That's right. Any fool can preach the word of God. But am I confirmed to the image of Christ today? Today, I've talked to so many things about the salt. I talked about the 14,000 uses the salt can have in your life and my life. To stop the itch, you know, during the mosquito bites or the bee stings and the removing of the grease or freshening up the flowers. I do not know how God can use you tomorrow and you go to the workplace and you go to the marketplace and you go to in contact with people. It's really good um, that you and I can, can have this joy when we are listening to the word of God or when we are in the church setting and we are in the Bible study. Those are good. I'm not discounting that. But we need to take the salt outside the church walls. We need to allow the people to start to smell the sacrifices that are coming from inside. We need to bring out the flavor in people. We need to stop the animosity from spreading around. Unless the salt is present, there is no answer the world has. This morning, I'm asking you to look at your life and reflect on this area where you can just like, you know, look at all the things of the past. You don't need to go back to the past to fix anything in the past. Past is gone. We're here today. We can only move forward from here today. I'm going to ask you to look at yourself on the mirror tonight and let the salt reflect it through your life in everything that you do. You are in a useful component for the kingdom. Every one of us are useful in God's kingdom. The salt is made up of like a, you know, components like a sodium and chlorine. But, but the thing is that, you know, how that salt gets formed is not just through like, a, you know, all of a sudden salt gets like, a, you know, made into salt. You know, the sun, the S-O-N, will reflect on the plain water, removing all that is in there and just like separating the salt out of the water in the purest form. And he's offering that to the world and the world will buy what you are offering because there is nothing that is involved to make a salt. There is no process involved except the son of the living God reflecting his light on you and turning and removing all the unneeded parts. 
and makes you as pure as white. As we go into prayer this morning, remember, you are the salt of the world. Is there? Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life abundant life, now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood, poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20, on the night before he was crucified, he sat down to eat dinner with his disciples. And at that point he said, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take the elements of bread. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in blood. Go ahead and take the elements of drink that you have. Hallelujah. Father God, we come before your throne of grace this morning. God, as we go through your word, God, restore in us the purpose that you have for us, Father God. God, it is such a great reminder today that we are the salt of this earth. God, help us, Father God, to not lose that saltiness in us. God, we wanted to be effective in your kingdom. Father God, we wanted to diffuse 
the animosity. We wanted to preserve this nation.